This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 305 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Getting to know the hosts. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Well, hello, everybody. Glenn the Geek with you today. I'm all by myself here at the Stable Scoop Radio Show, part of the Horse Radio Network. We have something very special for you this week. It was Philip's idea from host of the Dressage Radio Show. He said, why don't we do a Getting to Know the Host segment in June on all the different shows? And I love the idea, and we've now done it, and we're putting them all out this week, where we ask inside the actor studio type questions of all of the different hosts, non-horsey stuff, so you get to know their life outside of horses. I know. It doesn't consist of much in most cases, but uh, it does. We all we all like music. We all like to eat. And we all like to drive, and we all like to watch TV and stuff like that. So you're going to learn a lot more about Helena and I in today's show. I had the opportunity to interview Helena, and she interviewed me. So now you might have heard my interview on a couple of the other shows. If you have, we're gonna I'm going to play it second. You can just uh, skip over that. You can listen to Helena's and then. Uh, and then move on with your day. Or if you want to listen again, uh, I'll let you, I guess. But yeah, we had a lot of fun doing this. It was a great idea that Philip had. And we're happy to share these interviews with you. So we hope you enjoy. We'll start with Helena answering some personal questions. Right after, and you're going to be surprised at some of the answers, by the way. I didn't know some of this stuff. And I've known Helena for 12 years. Right after this word from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. 
so when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, Helena, this is going to be fun as part of our uh, Get to Know the Host segment this month that we're doing across all of the shows, and I just couldn't wait to interview you on yours. We've known each other for probably 12 years or yeah. thereabouts, but yep. yet I know there's a lot of stuff I don't know about you, your dirty, dark secrets, so <laughs> we're going to find them out. Now, this is non-horsey stuff, the questions that we're asking, sort of James Lipton inside the actor studio style. Okay. Okay. Imagine I'm 90 year old James Lipton, and okay. uh, and you're the celebrity sitting there in the chair waiting, and I have my little cards in my hand, asking all the questions. So, are you ready? I'm ready. These are in no particular order. They're kind of random, just like my brain, just kind of random. All right. Okay. Okay. Do you remember your first date? Who and where? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do I remember my first date? Um. Well, you know, in our generation, in my generation, Glenn, maybe not so much yours, <laughs> we didn't date as much. Like, like we did things together in groups of kids, you know, and then suddenly you're holding hands kind of thing. Are you talking about that? Or are you talking about, like, Actually, let me pick you up, you up and take you up on a date? took you someplace. Oh, jeez, I think I was 33. <laughs> Now, I really, let's I, clarify, too. You grew up in an Italian family in New York, right? New York yeah, City. yeah. Were you yeah. outside New York City? We were outside New York City. We were about 25 miles, 35 miles outside of New York City. Yeah. But was it a quintessential Italian family with all the stereotypes? Yes. So tell us yes. a little bit about the family. On both sides of the family. I am, my mother's family comes from the Bronx, um, and my dad's family came from Brooklyn. But interestingly, their their parents and grandparents all came from Italy and the same city in Italy, they came from Naples. So, um, they, you know, both families established in New York, one in Brooklyn, one in the Bronx. And then what happened is, um, over time, the family started to spread out into the suburbs. And that's how my mother and father met in, um, in Rockland County and Suffern, New York. And I am the only one on my mother's side and my father's side, the only grandchild who has two Italian parents. My dad's siblings all married a non-Italian, and my mother's siblings all married non-Italians. And to answer everybody's question in their mind, <laughs> yes, Helena does speak with her hands. Yeah, I'm so, doing it right now. Yeah, you'll hear her hitting the microphone all the time. Oh my gosh. That He's noise like, you hear is her hitting the microphone. I know, I know. He's like, you're banging. <laughs> so oh. not, does that mean anything? No, it doesn't, you know. It just means my mother's Italian and my father's Italian. So, yes, we had the big Italian traditional family. Lots of food, lots of yelling, lots of hugging. You know, that that was us. So dating <laughs> wasn't really an option until I was able to, you know, drive and work. <laughs> you told me a funny story once, and I don't know if you want to relay it on the air, uh, uh, about uh, dating and how you, somebody was always keeping an eye on you. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, we have in my family, um, a very Italian thing to do, by the way, very Italian thing to do. I would go out to like a bar or a club, uh, you know, in my 
in my county. You went in the county. There really wasn't, we didn't have a lot of clubs or restaurants or bars in my town. So we would, but there was plenty to do in the county. So I could find myself in any corner of a, of a bar or a restaurant or something and, or sit at a bar and, you know, next thing I know there's a drink in front of me and I'm like, where'd this come from? And there'd be some, you know, some old Italian dude his hiding, <laughs> sitting in the shadows. Like he sent it to you. And, you know, and like my cousin would be like, oh, that's, that's Bobby Bumps. What? What is Bobby Bumps doing here at like Pearls, you know, like this stupid dance club or something. There'd be Bobby Bumps sitting in the back corner just keeping an eye on things. And that was one of them. But anywhere you would show up at some whatever bar when I was out with my family, you know, my cousins or my friends or whatever. Yeah, there typically would be somebody keeping an eye on things. <laughs> was that crispy? Yeah, it was creepy. Because <laughs> then you're like, does this mean I can get into more trouble? Or less. Or less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and poor, your poor dates. <laughs> That's just like... I, but I, you know what? I did not date. I was not a dater. I, I, I didn't have boyfriends and I didn't really go out on dates. I did stuff with, with people, with guys. Like, I would... I, yeah, I wasn't really a dater. I so can't really... Wh- who would you classify as your first boyfriend then? How old were you? Um, my first boyfriend was, I was a senior. It was the summer of my senior year in high school. My first real boyfriend. And um, his name was Andy. And uh, we both went off to college. He was actually older than me. He was two years older than me. He went off to college. He was a big baseball player. And then I went to UMass and I met my well, then husband, well, who's my boyfriend then, I, and I, I, so, yeah, then that was Peter. So two, really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I had crushes, you know, and stuff like that. Friends with benefits. <laughs> Can I say that? This I think you just did. <laughs> I mean, not that the benefits were really anything to write home about. <laughs> I was a good girl that way. <laughs> <laughs> favorite place you have ever traveled and you you're interesting too because you and I haven't traveled outside the United States much we've traveled a lot inside the United States but not outside the United States so what would you say your favorite place you've ever traveled is um well i i really 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 like the caribbean i really like the caribbean um i had the chance to visit two islands last year, St. Kitts and Nevis, which are actually in the um, West Indies. And I, they're, they're not really touristy. They're not built up. There's not a lot of hotels. Uh, we stayed at a little villa down a dirt road. And I was just absolutely enthralled with the, 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 the wildlife, the, the climate, the temperature, the water, um, the geography, all of it, the people, the food, um, and what comes of living in the food. Like I met, I, I, I took a ferry one day and we got off on the other side and met this guy who was a retired, um, contractor and he was from, from Nevis. He, you know, lived all his life on Nevis and then he moved to St. Thomas and, you know, started his contracting business there and he made a lot of money building homes and things like that in St. Thomas. And then he had recently retired and returned to Nevis and St. Kitts. And he was the nicest man in the whole world. Didn't know him from Adam. We literally just bumped into him in this park and he had his truck and he was parked in the shade and he was reading the paper and eating this fruit. 
And he had a big bag, paper bag full of the fruit. And he, he offered the fruit to Buck and I. He said, do you want to taste it? And we were like, okay, strange man with these strange foreign fruits offering us food. But yeah, we'll take a risk and we'll eat it. And it was the most delicious fruit I have ever tasted in my entire life. And I can't tell you what the name of it is right off the top of my head. But the guy, he ended up sending us home with like, you know, a dozen of these big fruits. And, and we made a friend. You know, and I know that happens to a lot of people when they travel, but I don't know. There was just something struck me about the genuineness and the simplicity of it all. It wasn't at all contrived. It wasn't touristy. It was just, um, I don't know. It, it was a very laid back, gentle way of living. Your favorite color? Blue. Do you know that every host has said that so far? Really? <laughs> it's been blue for everybody. What? What's your favorite color? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> so now yes uh why blue do you know just something you've always i had. love the water the water and the sky it just anything that reminds me of it blue is calming it's cool it's refreshing it's solid you know it's uh it's grounded it's a, a color you find in nature oh, of course all colors really are ones <laughs> you find in nature but you know what i mean i know what you mean how about your first job? My first job. I love telling this story. My first job, I was 14, and I worked at Dunkin' Donuts on Route 17 in Mawa, New Jersey. You worked at Dunkin' Donuts? Sure did. Back, back in the days when we made the donuts Yeah, they the actually shop. made them in the store, right? Yep. I used to make... Oh, this was the most fun job ever. Okay, you know the cream-filled donuts and the jelly donuts? Yes. Right? Yep, okay. Yep. So, my job was to put the cream and the jelly in the donut uh, shell. the squirter thing? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> yep. And I got to make the blueberry muffins, which was good. That was my job. And, of course, I worked the counter, and I served lunch, and, did, and I made coffee. Isn't that interesting that, uh, that, 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 that that was your first job and you enjoyed it? Uh, you know, it, uh, did you get to eat the donuts? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I, I did. About that. I was 14, and I had the same amount of energy, more energy then than I do now. So donuts were not an issue back then. <laughs> donuts were not an issue. And it wasn't it, as, it was absolutely nothing like it is today. It was nothing. It was like a breakfast counter. It was like a miniature diner. And it wasn't like waitressing or anything. You were just working at the counter and making the donuts in the back. And it was a lot of fun. But I had to get up. I mean, God bless my mother. She, I had to be there at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. I think it was 6 a.m. And um, she used to get up and drive me. 5.30 in the morning would be like heading to work. You know? Those were the days you could go to work when you were 14, too. I mean, that's yeah. not so much allowed anymore at most places either. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun. First car you ever owned? The first car I ever owned was a 1971 Chevelle. Oh, really? Chevy Chevelle. It was big, and it was brown. Four-door? Yep. <laughs> yep. You had the grandma and, car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had like a 350 engine in it, too, so grandma yeah, was went. going places. <laughs> and we used to go down. I used to go down to... I was like the first one of my group of friends to have a car, and um, we used to go down to the Jersey Shore. So we'd leave like, you know, early in the morning on a Saturday morning. We'd leave at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. We'd get down there before nine, ten o'clock. And um, 
my dad would say, don't take that car on long trips. It's not, it's, it's not really that reliable. It's, it's for going around town. You know, and that would be like on the Garden State Parkway, like, yeah, whatever, dad, you know? So one weekend I'm coming back, there's like six girls in the car. It was big. We could pack everybody in there. And we're driving northbound on the Garden State Parkway. And sure enough, the car, something happens, it dies. So we pull over onto the median. Now, if you've ever traveled the Garden State Parkway in New Jersey, it's got a big, wide, grassy median. And um, we pull over, and of course I call my dad, and he's like, oh, man. So he calls a tow truck, and he says, all right, well, I'll come down there, but it's, you know, an hour and a half away. I'll give me some time. So what do the girls in my party do? <laughs> They whip out their beach blankets and their radio <laughs> and their suntan lotion and they set up shop on the median in the middle of the Garden State Parkway and they're sunning themselves. <laughs> and how long till the police showed up? <laughs> it, was like, it was like a half an hour. <laughs> it was like 20 minutes, half an hour. The police don't like up. the Garden State Parkway either. <laughs> no. And then the tow truck, for some reason, ended up going to like the Perth Amboy rest stop. So a friend of ours happened, this is just purely coincidental, a friend who was pretty cute too <laughs> happened to be coming home from the shore on his motorcycle. So he hands me a helmet. He's they, he pulls over. He's like, "What the hell's going on?" I'm like, "The car broke down." The tow truck said the Perth, Perth Amboy rest stop, and I have to get there because they won't come without blah 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 without cash or credit card. So I get on the back of this motorcycle. I'm 18 years old. <laughs> I'm in my like my beach wear on the back of a motorcycle flying down the Garden State Parkway. There's five other girls, blondes with big boobs, on the Garden State Parkway <laughs> and suntan oil. I'm like, this is my life. This is where I'm going. My parents are going to be so proud. There were more accidents that day on the Garden State Parkway than any other time in history. Yeah. Thanks to the yeah. five girls in bikinis. In them. You wonder how you survived some of this stuff. Honest to goodness. Favorite TV show of all time? Oh, before we get to that, I got to follow up on the car thing. Okay. I was shocked to learn from Reese and Philip over at the Dressage Radio Show that they both have a speeding problem and have had multiple, multiple, many speeding tickets and even classes that they've attended thanks to that. So oh, what wow. kind of driver are you? Are you a speeder? I'm a speeder. And do you get tickets? I'm a speeder. I don't because I don't get caught anymore. Of course, now I'll go out down to the store and I'll get <laughs> yes. caught. Yeah. I have gotten a speeding ticket before. I've gotten One time I've gotten a speeding ticket. The thing is, is I... I I've learned to slow down, and especially in settled neighborhoods. I don't speed around town and stuff like that. I do, however, speed on the highway when it's safe to do so. And I drive a little turbo-boosted German car, <laughs> which kind of lends itself to speeding. Uh, and, and now, Buck and I were driving home from Boston one day, and there's this stretch of highway. I really shouldn't even say this. I shouldn't say this. Well, he drives... He drives a British racing machine. <laughs> what kind of it? He has actually, I, I don't know if it's considered vintage yet, but it's a 2002 or maybe it's a 2003 Jaguar XK. Oh, anytime you just put Jaguar in, it doesn't matter eight, what comes after. <laughs> I think. XK8. Um, anyway, he got it at a steel, and it is the most beautifully designed vehicle. This car has the most gorgeous lines. I mean, if you look at a horse's conformation and you can appreciate the lines of a horse, the, the Jaguar XK series it really does, to me, reflect the lines of a, a horse's top line. 
It's so beautiful. Anyway, he decided to race me one day when we were both driving home from Boston. We were, we were tailgating one another. He You're thought he could beat me. And I said, baby, it's not about what's in, <laughs> in between <laughs> your tires. It's what's in between your legs. <laughs> favorite, TV, favorite TV show of all time. Oh, uh, Grizzly Adams. Really? Yep. Good Lord, there's a show I haven't thought about in about 50 years. Remember Ben? Yeah. Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Favorite musical group? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I like so many different ones. I guess... Well, what kind I of music know. do you like? What kind of music do you like? I, I literally, I like all kinds of music. Um, from, um, from blues to um, R&B to pop to rock. I'm not a heavy rap fan, but I do like hip hop. I do some lighter kinds, do like lighter kinds of rap. Um, classical music, some Latin music. I really do... I like everything. Um, some of my favorites, though, some old school, like, you, you can always get me up on the dance floor with any kind of old school Donna Summer song. Um, I like the Rolling Stone. I like the Who, Pink Floyd, all that kind of classic rock stuff. Um, but contemporary things, um, I don't know. I have to look at, like, my iTunes list. <laughs> <laughs> and I know yours is kind of eclectic. It's a little bit all over the place. It, it, it is. It's, it is all, all over the place. But um, I've traveled in the car with you before. So. Yeah, I like... I mean, you know, sometimes I find myself singing along to Katy Perry. I don't know why, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Your favorite movie of all time? Um, Jeez. My life is a dog. What? Yeah, my life is a dog. It was um, it was a, a Swedish subtitled movie about a young boy who loses his mother, and oh, you know what? I know. I've heard of this one. Wasn't yeah. the book first? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It was a Swedish um, Swedish book based on what was the name of the novel? Matter of fact, that, it was a, it was back in the eighties, wasn't it? This is an old, old movie. Nineteen eighty five. Yep, yep. Um, sad. It's really sad. Yeah. It's well, it it's it's just it was the sweetest thing, and it, it I, I can't really describe it. It it, um, it just transcends human nature. It goes I, it goes one step beyond. I can honestly say you're the only host to answer that that way. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it's well here. Okay, so for those of you listening, I would I find it on Netflix or something, or or go rent it or whatever. Um, the the title character's name is Ingmar, and he's 12 years old, and he is just he's like a Dennis the Menace, you know. And his mother's terminally ill, so. Of course, she passes, and the movie and the book, they take you through the way this 12-year-old boy processes her death. And it's, it's, it's not sad in a traditional way, you think. You know, it's not a tearjerker in that way. Um, it's just very real and very raw and very practical. 
and then um, it's the way you you see life, you experience life through a twelve year old boy's eyes, and then he um, develops this obsession or this this. Well, he has a dog, and then he Don't loses give it the away. dog. I won't. I just <laughs> you got to watch it. It's amazing. And actually, it got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is almost unheard of. So it it must have been a pretty good movie. It was. It was beautiful. Worst trouble you got in growing up that you can tell us about? <sighs> Worst trouble that I got in. You know, I, I really did not. You weren't I, allowed. <laughs> I, no. I say that I'm, I, I speed and I do those things and, you know, we, we did that thing in the Jersey Shore. But um, I really did not get into trouble. I've never been arrested, knock on wood. Um, I've never found myself in a truly frightening situation. I, I have a pretty good head on my shoulders or had when I was younger. Um, probably the worst thing that I ever got in trouble for is I got kicked out of action park for swimming in like one of those big fish tanks. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, like, with the fishes when you, they, the action park in New Jersey is this big water park, but they had this man-made pond and it was built into a hill and, the, and it was a pond. It was like the size of a big pond and it was, it was like a cross section. So one wall of this hill was cut away and there was this huge like plexiglass or whatever window. So you could see into the pond, mm-hmm. the bottom of the pond, you know, and so it was a tank. Well, my friends and I decided that we were going to go for a little swim in the pond and all the passersby. <laughs> and were you clothed, I hope? We had bathing suits on us. Oh, we were at a walk. Well, we were at a, a water park, but then you know, park security came along and pulled us out by our hair. Basically, <laughs> said you're kicked out. Out of here. That's the first. Yeah, that's about. That's the worst of it, really. Okay, now at the end of every Inside the Actor Studio, where he's interviewing all the important famous people, uh, James Lipton asks ten or uh, a number of questions to every celebrity, and I'm going to ask you the same questions. What is your favorite word? My favorite word is love. What is your least favorite word? (laughs) Hmm, I don't know. My least favorite word? Sorry. What turns you on? Romance, <laughs> like old school Don Quixote romance. There's the Italian coming out. I know. <laughs> what turns you off? Um, I can arrogance. think of about a hundred things. But go no, ahead. <laughs> and it all boils down to one word: arrogance. Mm. Yep, that one fits. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of bubbling water. Gurgling water. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, mommy, mommy, mom, <laughs> mommy, mom, 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 mom. You're going to miss that someday. But <laughs> <laughs> not right now. <laughs> what, what is your favorite curse word? Ooh, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Curse words are like candy to me. All of them. Yeah, and I can vouch for that. That is true, everybody, because I can't even put a lot of those in the blooper reel. No, so. <laughs> I love to curse. I love to curse all of them. There you go. Yeah. What profession, other than horses, 
and you know something you're not doing now would you like to attempt um i would like to be a um i would like to be the person who i don't know what i would like to do i don't know i would probably be like a dolphin trainer yeah i think i'd be a dolphin trainer but I don't. I wouldn't want to swim in the pools with them. I don't know how I would. What I would train them to do. I know. I would train search and rescue dolphins. There you That's, go. <laughs> That's a specific job. Yeah. Or yeah. and then when I wasn't doing that, I'd be a spy. There you go. You and Wendy. Wendy said yep. that too. <laughs> Are you sure you both aren't spies? Right now. I don't know. We don't. You'll know. never See, know. That's a thing. What profession would you not like to do ever? Um. Uh, I'll tell you, I thought at once and I started to study to become a veterinarian. And then I had to assist in the euthanasia of healthy animals. Mm. And um, I could never and would never want to do that if it was part of that business. And finally, the last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, if heaven exists, what would I like? I would like to hear him tell me where all my animals are and point point the way. Show me where they're all waiting for me. Thank you, Helena. <laughs> You're welcome. Glenda Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Well, the tables are turned on my good friend, Glenn the Geek, and this week we have something different for you. Uh, in the same vein as inside the actor's studio, um, James Lipton interviews very famous and achieved actors. Is that the word? Accomplished actors. I'm going to ask our good friend, Glenn. Not that I'm accomplished at anything, but go a ahead. Series, <laughs> series of questions <laughs> that will dig a little bit into the person behind the persona that we all love and laugh at on Stable Scoop. You think you're ready for this, Glenn? I don't know. With you asking the questions, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, you know, I had all those hosts that choose from, by the way, to interview me, and I chose you. And I, then I regretted it when I, I, I know. thought about Why it. I thought, you do that, that was really dumb. <laughs> I was like, okay, go ahead. Okay. So, um, let's see. And these are in no particular order. 
just whatever strikes me. So. How did you first meet? Now, Coach Jen is a big part of the Horse Radio Network and a very, 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 very special person to you. She is your wife. How did you first meet Jennifer? You know, I've told this story maybe once or twice on the air before, but I met her at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. I was working there as the town crier and flirt. That was my official title. So my job, and this was at the very beginning of the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair when it was not nearly as big as it is now. Now they'll get twenty-five to 50,000 people in a weekend. Uh, it is absolutely one of the biggest in the country. Then it was maybe two, 3,000 people in a weekend. And, you know, there were maybe 30 to 50 of us actors that uh, did the show. And I, they, I was the loudest, which is how I got to be town crier. <laughs> and it's basically true. Yeah. I said, well, you're loud. And I said, well, I got a job for you. Here's a bell. So, <laughs> it's a bell. Oh, my God. Gun with a bell. I had a big bell, and I'd ring it and, you know, lead the procession, make way for the queen, all that stuff. And then my other job was to stand around at the gate and greet all the pretty girls that came in and kiss their hands and flirt and stuff. Well, I saw Jennifer for the first time. She was at the archery range, and she was wearing these very tight, bright yellow pants. So I saw her butt was the first thing I saw because she was shooting bows and arrows at the time. And I saw her from the back and I went, ooh, I got to meet her. And that's literally what I saw first. So I'm that shallow, yes. So <laughs> I went up and wanted to see what the front looked like. So I went and said hi to her and everything. And we just we just kind of hit it off. She was a little snarky, but she's still snarky. So Oh, oh, oh good. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> she was. She was a little snarky and like, who are you? And then I saw her later. She was there with her stepfather and her mother. And I saw them later in the day, you know, in town and chatted some more. And then I, one of my other jobs was in the parking lot on the way out, I had to stand in the dirt and the dust and wave to people as they left. A couple of us had that assignment. So we'd wave to people and, you know, yell things at them and stuff. And I saw her on the way out and she pulled up, uh, and she pulled up and said, I'm going to come back and see you next week. And I thought, yeah, right. You know, her dad. So I didn't really Ooh. think much about it because we really did hear that from girls. You know, that was part of what Oh, yeah, happened. I bet you did. No, it really did happen. So, and I didn't think I'd ever see her again. Well, she showed up about almost closing time the next Saturday in costume. That she had, And she worked at a full-time job in a barn at that point. It worked about 100 hours a week. And in the evenings after she was done work at 9 o'clock, she sewed a, a Renaissance Fair costume. Out of, out of just material and put it together herself on the sewing machine and wore it to, to the fair to come see me that next weekend. Now the day was almost over. So I think we went out to maybe a quick dinner or something after she had to go because she had to work early the next morning. And then the next week she came back again and at the beginning of the day the next week. So that's how. I first met her, and then I asked her out, and we went out on our first date. Funny, funny story about our first date. We were just talking about this. Her family was in uh, this week in Florida, and we were talking about this. I don't think they ever had heard this story before. She drove her dad's very old 1960s Jeep and uh, to the date we met in Harrisburg because it was halfway between us. And we went out to a very nice, fancy dinner, French dinner and everything. And we come and we, you know, we, we, it was a very long French dinner. And we come back. It's like midnight because we had worked at the fair all day. We're both pretty tired. I had a hotel room because I didn't want to drive all the way back. It was like an hour and a half from home. And I said goodnight to her. She was going to drive home. And that, that was going to be it for, for whenever I'd see her again. 
And uh, so I said goodnight to her outside. I don't think I even kissed her. I think there wasn't even a kiss involved. And I went into the hotel room, and she knew which hotel room, I guess, I was staying at. And about 10 minutes later, I hear this knock on the door, and it's Jennifer. And I said, at first, it scares the crap out of you because there's a knock on the door at midnight, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's Jennifer. I said, what's wrong? She said, I can't get the lights to work on my Jeep. So like a freaking idiot, I say, oh, let me get my, let me get my, my, you know, let me get clothes on. I'll come out and help you get it started. Like a freaking idiot. So I actually do go outside like an idiot. I, I was such an idiot. And, uh, and we determined that we couldn't get our lights working on our Jeep. Why so, were you an idiot, though? Because I should have just said, well, come on in. Spend the night. Oh. What an idiot I am. So, oh, no. See, that's romantic. I was you an idiot. I lost thing. all my guy cred right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you might have lost your guy cred, but you got yourself one heck of a woman. <laughs> So I said, so. well, what do you want to do? I'll drive you home. So I offered to drive her home an hour and a half the other way. Uh, and then, you know, they're a second idiot thing. Yeah, that's kind of idiotic. And finally she mentioned about, she said, well, why didn't I just stay? I don't want you driving that late. So she stayed. And that was the first time we spent the night together. <laughs> we so. spent the night together. <laughs> Yay! Oh. And then she got violently ill the next day from the French food we ate. I mean, violently ill the next day. Oh, so, no. Yes. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> she did. It was like food poisoning times 10. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that, that happened was... to me once, too. On a <laughs> After date. our like, first oh, date, nice. she gets violently ill. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I feel so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Want to kiss me now? <laughs> I did have to drive her home then, actually. And then we found oh. out that the lights thing was one switch because this truck had a plow. And there was a switch yeah. that you could turn on and off that would control the lights when the plow was hooked up. And all we had to do was flip that switch and she would she would have been able to drive home. That's what we found. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to get on with this okay, list. Sorry. I love this story. See, I could keep picking your brain about this particular story all night long. All right. <clears throat> what? What? is or was your favorite TV show of all time? That's easy. Hands down, MASH. Absolutely love MASH. And part of the reason I like MASH is because my dad would watch it with us. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love MASH. To this day, I watch MASH reruns. I can watch a MASH rerun a hundred times. Aww. Love that show. MASH reruns. Yeah, I used to watch that with my dad, too. I, I never really understood too much of it, but until, you know, you got older. But it was a good show. Really yeah. good show. Okay. Um, what's... The favorite place that you've ever traveled to? That, that's easy, too. And it's going to sound corny, but it's true. Uh, to Disney World with Jennifer. Because we, we used to go, literally, we liked it so much after the first time we went to Disney World, which was probably, you know, a couple years into our relationship, mm -hmm. that we went back every year. So we literally went to Disney World every year for like 10 or 12 years in a row. Uh, yeah, so I definitely hate Disney World with Jennifer. Okay. And and we still go, by the way, all the time. Have season okay. passes. You do. You you guys. You it's a your favorite place to go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the first car you ever owned? Do I have to say? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> now, my mom and dad made us buy our own cars, so we had to save our pennies from working and everything to buy our own cars. And I ended up with a wonderful AMC. Mer by the way, that was American Motors Company, for those people that don't remember it, because it went out of business about 25 years ago. AMC Gremlin. Oh, God. Yeah, you shouldn't have said. <laughs> um, 
dark blue AMC Gremlin. And no, nobody. At least ever... it was dark blue and not yes. like pea green. Yeah, they made those. Yeah, uh, I know. Pea green ones. And yes, it was a horrible car. It was awful. The transmission. I bought a used car dealer. It was a 10 mile drive home, and the transmission literally fell out of the car on my way home. Oh. Literally. Yes. Had to call my dad uh. to come and get me. <laughs> yeah, see, we're, there, we're, everybody, I think, has call, needed to call their mom or dad to come get them at some point because yeah. something fell out of the bottom of their car. Literally, an AMC Gremlin, for those that don't know, look it up. It was one of the, uh, it's it been ranked in the top five ugliest cars of all time. Yeah. And if you got hit from behind, you right were Right next dead. to the you Dodge can... Duster or, <laughs> yes, the, or the Dart. That's right. The, I don't know which is ugly, the Duster <laughs> or the Dart. And literally, if you got hit from behind, you would die in a fiery explosion. Because the gas tank was back there. So. Okay, go ahead. Let's go <laughs> okay, on from oh, that horrible right, memory. Right. Okay. And this, now this one I really want to know. What was the worst trouble you got into growing up? It may not sound like much, but boy, it, it sticks with me to this day. I, you know, I, I got in some, you know, just minor trouble. I never arrested for anything, but I was pretty much a, one of the good kids. And... But my brother and I, my dad had had a hernia operation. And back in those days, you were out of work for like six weeks, right? I mean, it was, yeah. it was major back then. And he needed something to do because he couldn't sit still very well. So we got him one of those great big Ironside ship models. You know, plastic models that you built and you painted. And this one had all the rigging, you know, like thousands of little rigging wires for the sails and all that stuff. And... And that no, was the Constellation. It was one of those big ship models. It was like three feet long when he was done. He okay. spent the entire six weeks every day for like eight hours a day putting the ship model together. It was absolutely beautiful. He painted everything. It was beautiful. Put it on uh, top of the one cabinet in the TV room. My brother and I were having a fight one day, my younger brother. <laughs> we were that probably six, eight years old. Now you can guess what happens, right? Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. start throwing things at each other, and one of the pillows ends up hitting the ship model and breaking it. Oh, God. And to this, and my mother hit the roof, and then my dad got home, and he was just, you know, he didn't yell and scream. He was not a, but you could see the just total dejection on his face. Oh. And I remember that to this day. That has stuck with me. It's one of the things I remember as a kid. And I don't remember a lot because my Lyme disease took a lot of that away. But I remember that. Aww. Yeah. You heal. <laughs> I know. You wish now I had said I got arrested for like something stupid. <laughs> All right. Another question for you. What is your favorite color? Maroon. I love maroon. Maroon? Yeah, I like maroon. I don't like red so much. I don't like pink. I like maroon. Dark no, maroon. Would you wear like a maroon shirt? Yes, I like maroon. I own maroon shirts. Would you wear maroon pants? How much do you like Depends maroon? which disco I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so for all intents and purposes, that's a yes. It's just where you are. So yes, Glenn the Geek wears maroon pants. That's all anybody needs to know out of this conversation. <laughs> If it wasn't so dark, I would paint my office or the studio here maroon, but it's kind of <laughs> dark. So, All right, yeah. maroon. Yep. What was the first job you ever had? I worked as a dishwasher at Zinn's Diner in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, right along the turnpike. Anybody that's driving through there at midnight knows Zinn's Diner because it was open 24 hours and it was a place you went. 
Um, and I worked as a dishwasher there for two years, and then I worked for two years as a short order cook. The, the, and it was the 11 to 7 overnight shift. So, and that was always busy. Zinn's Diner had a buses, and they used to come in. We had lines at 3 in the morning. Uh, you know, they were mostly drunk, but they were there. And, <laughs> and uh, so there would be times at 3 in the morning, I would literally have 40 to 50 overlight eggs on the grill at the same time. Uh, we had one grill that was eight foot long dedicated to just pancakes. And there was, oh, yum. There was one guy that would make pancakes and that entire eight foot long grill would be filled with pancakes. And that was an entire job for an eight hour shift was making pancakes. Oh, that's almost as good as making donuts. <laughs> wow. That was a busy place. Yeah. And how long did you last there? I worked there for a total of four years. That's, that's a long time. How old were you? I was, it was all through high school, and then a year after high school, or like six months after high school, I worked there, too. That's a long time. You must have enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I, did. I actually did like doing that. It was, it was high stress, because we were all, I mean, you never had downtime. Yeah, yeah. Most restaurants, you know, cooks get some downtime here and there, but you never had it at Zinsteiner. It's not there anymore. Zinsteiner's gone. Oh, what kind of gone? Did it burn down? Did it close? It what, just did closed. It? I don't know. The family, you know, Zins, they were run by Zins for, for 50 years. At, uh, you know, the son took over when I was there, became the general manager, and he was a total jerk, and I just knew it was going to go there, mm-hmm. and it did. You know, eventually he, he ran it into the ground. <laughs> but <clears throat> Zins Diner, everybody that know, will know that, that's, that's been that part of the turnpike. You've all eaten there. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite musical group? Trans-I- I know this one. Do you know it? I knew you were going to say it. That was it. I was going to say it. Yeah. TSO, Trans-Siberian TSO. Orchestra by Hands Down. Yep. And you and Jennifer go to see that whenever you possibly can. Yes, we do. We see it almost every Christmas. Yep. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Trans- and that ain't the- your mama's orchestra, people. No, no, it's not. It's cool. I would totally say it's hip. It's, it's, it's not geeky. It's heavy metal is what it is. Really. It really is. It's so geeky. It's not geeky. It's cool. Love it. Okay. TSO. And what, um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, God, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Muppet Christmas Carol. We watch it every single year. I still ha- I ha- I have it. Yeah, we watch it every year. Oh, Christmas goodness. Right. <laughs> and I just admitted that out loud. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> well, right. man cred I didn't lose earlier, I have now lost totally. So. Yeah. <laughs> so now we, we get on to the, the speed round. And these okay. are the 10 questions that James Lipton asks every actor on Inside the Actor Studio. So here we go. What is your favorite word? Entrepreneur. Just, what is your, what is your least favorite word? Uh, the swear word that starts with MF. <laughs> oh, that's your least favorite word? Yeah, I don't like that word. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) I don't like that word. What turns you on? It's going to sound corny, but spending non-working time with my wife. You know, we've been married. And that's just not a cliche either. I really do. It's not. I can can vouch for that. Do you know, I had had one of the coolest things happen this week. I told you that family was in, Jennifer's family was in a a good, there were like eight of them, including some of our nieces that are in their 20s. And we were down visiting them at the beach. They stay at the beach. And, you know, I just, we, we were spending the day, it was raining outside, we were in their, their condo-like room, and at one point, I guess, I hugged Jennifer and gave her a kiss in the kitchen, you know, uh, we just yeah. got done playing cards or whatever, and one of the nieces said to me later, she said, that was the coolest thing, is that you two, after all this time, still do that. Oh. I thought, 
That was kind of special, I thought. Yeah. Love. See, that was my favorite word. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> what, so that's turns what turns you, me on. What turns you off? The feel of wool. I hate wool. I cannot wear wool. I cannot touch wool. When Jennifer we, we wears wool, we do not hug or touch. <laughs> no kissing or hugging. I can't stand to touch wool. It's all scratchy. Ugh. Can't stand okay. it. Um, what, what sound or noise do you love? Horses eating at night, feeding just in the barn, just before you turn the lights out. You're all done for the day. The horses are all in eating. It's very quiet. You know you're done for the day, and you finally get to get to go in the house. I love that sound. And everybody's happy, yep. and everybody's eating. That's a really nice sound. I like that. I like that. Um, on the contrary, what was, what is a sound or noise that you hate? I'm going to sound like an old fogey here. Uh, rap music from a car from two blocks away. Okay. That yeah, you thumping. do kind of sound, you do kind of sound like I an old fogey. I thumping. <laughs> right. Just that. the kind that makes your chest go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to think of the person who's sitting in the car. Like, I know. How do they <laughs> do have any doing hearing some, left? <laughs> or irreversible liver damage or something. Yes, I don't yes. know. Like That's got to get more than yes. just your ears. I think right now is a good time to go into the hearing aid business because in about another 10 years, when these people have listened to rap for 10 years, you're going to be very busy. 10 years. Rap's been around for like 30, baby. I know. I don't know you're where, be where you been. Hearing aid but... people must be doing a bang-up job. <laughs> Well, what? They, hey, what about, you know, Pete Townsend and all those other old-time British rockers who stood in front of huge amps or on TSO stage? Or TSO, for that years. matter. <laughs> Talk about, yeah, or TSO. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> all right. What is your favorite curse word? Damn it. Yeah, that is. I you do. I say it time. all the time. Yeah, if it's not, it's the S word. But I've said the S word a couple times on the shows, but damn, it's my favorite. Yeah, that one works. You, you use it very well in and it's a light. I, it probably goes in the category of light curse word, but... Well, it's just like, see, again, curses are like candy. There's like M&Ms, and then there's big, fat chocolate bars. <laughs> you know, pop a couple of M&Ms and you're good. Yeah. But you sit down with like a big butcher knife and that, like, that chunk of like really good chocolate. Like comes in, you know, like mountains. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that's that's more like the MF word. Okay, what profession other than your current profession would you like to attempt? It's on my bucket list. I want to be the guy that drives the carriage at Disney World. Oh, you would be so good at that. You know how they have the horse comes down Main Street with the big, big, uh, big wagon there. Why I don't you do that? that? I want to because it pays about five dollars an hour. So so what? You could do it like when you're, you know, when I'm old. Yeah, that's right. When I'm old, that's what I want to do. I want to be the guy who drives the carriage. So I'm. Is bucket. the guy who drives the carriage now? Is he old? No, he's not old. No, then that's the other thing. It's kind of hard to get the job because there's like two of them. So <laughs> I know. I know. It's probably some kind like a legacy thing too. Or you know? you know, the next best thing would be to go to Mackinac Island and be one of the carriage people at Mackinac Island. I thought about that, but that you know, That'd be yeah. Kind of cool. Why don't you just go to like... Or Williamsburg. You know, one of those places. Williamsburg. See, now that would be perfect for me because the temperature is mild and it's near the ocean and it's historic and there's carriages there. Yeah, it has everything I like. So they... And it's close to hunt country. Let's right, go there. Into... Let's all move to Williamsburg. <laughs> Let's go to Williamsburg. The Horse Radio Network moves to Williamsburg, Williamsburg. Virginia. <laughs> okay. Um, what profession would you not like to do? 
I don't want to be a Sherpa on Mount Everest. <laughs> As if. It's just like too much exercise and crap. <laughs> too much exercise? You mean too much risk of Cold. death? Yeah, risk of death. Actually work. No, I don't want that. Well, of course you wouldn't want... I'm not letting you get away with that one. Give me something else. A profession that, it, that you could do, but you would not like to. I, you know, I think about it every time the garbage man comes. Uh, I could not be a garbage man. Uh, how do they smell? All that smells. I know. Oh, oh, I don't know. God do bless everybody who does it because I don't know how you do it. Do you have a sensitive sense of smell? Like, does yes, it- I have a very good sniffer and I, I just couldn't do it. Speaking of which, I got to put the garbage out tonight. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <sighs> Welcome, geeks this way to the game room. <laughs> geeks this way to, to the, really? To the game room? I could sit there and play video games for the rest of my time. Perfect. Oh, okay. You are, you are, you are Glenn the Geek. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, getting to know the hosts a little bit better. If you want to find all the other hosts have done the same thing here on the Horse Radio Network, and Philip and Reese from the Dressage Show, and Jamie and Jennifer from Horses in the Morning, if you want to hear, and, and Wendy, of course, from the Driving Radio Show, if you want to hear all of those, just head over to horseradionetwork.com. We'll be back here next week on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Have fun. Be safe, everybody. Be safe.